Hey, it's Meg and Daisy and welcome to the Craftinoon podcast, a podcast about journaling, creativity and everything in between. Welcome to another creative chat on the Craftinoon podcast. This week, we're going to be diving into the world of PR teams, gifted posts and hashtag ads in the creative community. We sat down with the wonderful Sam Alderson, who is a social media marketing expert with years of experience in the industry. Sam is a digital native with an analogue heart who has a passion for planners. I will leave links down below to everything that Sam mentions so that you can check out the resources. Everything that we are discussing does relate to the laws that are in the UK, so if you are not based in the UK, then please do your research on the advertising laws where you are. And of course, none of this is legal advice either. It's a very interesting conversation and I hope that you enjoy. So hey Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been in the planner community for, I want to say, probably about seven or eight years. Um, I started with a little um, paper chase, little planner with just scribbling stuff down. Um, And then that obviously progressed into a full on addiction and tried every band that there was out there and fell in love with bullet journaling probably four or five years ago now. Um, And that's something that I consistently have done throughout um, the past five years, whether that's in like an Erin Condren or a Plum Paper Planner or a Passion Planner. That is my go-to system. That's how my brain works. Outside of the planner community, um, I am a social media consultant for a company in the Netherlands. um, And I also run, well, co-run a website called daysoftheyear.com that has all of those strange and wacky holidays like Talk Like Pirate Day or E-High Swim Breakfast. Um, That was started about 10 years ago between me and my husband and we've been doing it ever since. Can you tell us a bit about your kind of experience with doing ads yourself? What happened was um, a few years ago, I want to say maybe four years ago, um, a lot of shops started to have design design teams Um, and this would be where they would be sent products to do um, either a spread in their planner or make a card. I first came across it back in my card making days where you would be sent a bunch of stamps to create a line of cards to advertise that current stamp range and that's kind of migrated into the the planner scene. I want to say 2018 January the CAP so um, the the advertising authority started to receive lots of complaints about influencers and the fact that people weren't clearly marking their posts as an advertisement and people felt like they were being misleaded basically so they went through a whole um, process of setting in place a bunch of influencer rules which it basically came to be known as Um, and they set out basically what you need to be doing in order to clearly disclose whether the picture or the post that you're putting together is an advertisement or is not an advertisement and it's evolved from there and over the past few years they've tweaked the rules to ensure that consumers are protected and understand that what they're looking at is actually an advertisement as opposed to a photo of a dog that has no branded content in it and is purely from an editorial point of view and and they've tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked that initially when they brought these rules in it was for more of the 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 mega level influencers the ones like Kim Kardashian style influencers that were basically being sent stuff 
to advertise, but they weren't disclosing that it was an advertisement. They just were like using the product and saying, this is fantastic without actually saying, I've been paid to give you this. It's my honest opinion, but I've been paid to show you this on my feed to the you know, millions of people that follow them. Um, and that has slowly trickled down into the what they call, I think it's nano influencers. So people that are between a thousand to ten thousand followers. But regardless of follower level, it still is an advert at the end of the day. There's the cap code and then the cam code. Um, and they work hand in hand, but they have slightly different um, remits. So cap is where adverts come into place and cam is where sponsorship comes into place. And they have their own little nuances in amongst them. But is that yeah, the same that's, as ASA? So ASA is the overall governing, governing body of both okay. of those. Um, and they're the ones that basically stepped in and said, right, we need to def- clearly define what is an advert, what is sponsorship and how they need to be disclosed to your followership, basically. Because I didn't know about the two. I knew there was the cap in ASA, but I didn't know the two. there was two under that. So I'm learning things now. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a learning day. And it was interesting that you said about um, the follower count as well. I feel like a lot of people don't realise, or they'll say, I don't do it as a job, or I don't do it professionally, so I don't have like these don't apply to me but people don't realize that it's that's not that's not how it works it's not quite <laughs> it's not it's not and it's it's something that I've I've always had said to me whenever people say oh well it doesn't really apply to me I only have x amount of followers from the authority's point of view if you are advertising to your followership it's an advert regardless of whether you have a thousand followers or a million followers you are advertising to that person and they need to know that it is an advertisement. They can't be, your, your followers cannot be expected to know the difference between your editorial work and your advertorial work. And it's up to you as the influencer to make them aware of that, that you have had payment received to do what it is that you're posting on Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is that you want to post it. And and followership does matter regardless of how many people you have. It's still an advert. The differences as well where a lot of people think, like there's a whole, there's a scale of obviously an advert in terms of whether like the payment behind it and what you've been told to do and the control over it and I feel like a lot of people feel like there's a a black and white answer with that but it's not. There's so many different levels to it that yeah. people just just don't acknowledge or understand completely there is a lot of gray areas because people tend to muddy the water with what they feel is actually payment or what they feel is control the asa have tried to be as clear as they can in giving as much information as they can obviously there are a billion variations of what control and payment can be it's down to you as a person to say, right, okay, well, I've been given these products and the person has asked me to post this once on my Instagram feed. That is payment and control. You've, provide, you've been provided with a product and you've been told to post once on your Instagram feed. That's easy. That's black and white, super easy. The ones that get a little bit more muddled, are the um, gifted and sponsorships, those can get a bit confusing because there are 
very subtle nuances in the difference between gifted and sponsored and adverts. And I think that's where people get confused and they just go, well, I won't bother then. If it's if I, if I can't if I can't clearly define in my head what it is, I won't bother putting anything on it then. And again, it then goes down that road of well, I only have X amount of followers, I won't bother doing it on anything. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting conundrum because obviously it's part of my job. It's something that I have to deal with. People in the planner world are a lot of the time when the, the whole PR thing starts, it's like I just get free stickers and I get to post pictures and that's about it. But when the ad regulations came into place that's when it started to get a little bit more you actually need to be treating this as a part-time job or as you being a consultant for that particular brand basically and that's where it's got a bit muddied over the last like couple of years since those have come in I have seen a massive massive load of confusion but a lot of people are going the, the different ways to it I've seen people like you said do the well I'm just not going to post like I'll post it as a hashtag gifted and that will do or some people obviously go completely in depth and research it and find out the information but then obviously there's the imbalance of well how come this person can't do it if they're not doing it then I'm just going to not do it like them and you get kind of like yeah the sheep following sheep situation with it I think when it when it all came into like as a massive thing and like you know loads of people were sharing about it there was a there was a period where I just kind of stopped taking on freebies and stuff before um, I'd done some research on it so I could actually figure out what I was meant to be doing because it was overwhelming and confusing for me and I've been doing it for years so yeah yeah it's definitely a there's there's no sugarcoat sugarcoat in this at all this is hard this is a lot of information to understand and particularly the nuances that are included, it's it's not something that should be taken on lightly. And you need to ensure that you are doing that research to make sure that you're staying within the bounds of the law, basically. And though I have yet to see any smaller accounts get hit, there is still that possibility that a small account will be hit. And then... I feel like that will be the other shoe dropping for the planner community particularly because like, oh crap, yeah, actually person X with only a thousand followers has just got a fine. And they're like, oh yeah, should we maybe do something then? It sounds horrible to say it, but it's waiting for that person to be picked on in order for the rest of the community to then realise that they should be doing something about it more actively. Yeah, do you think as well, aside from obviously it being quite difficult maybe to understand the rules with them being new and everything, do you think there's a slight aversion to kind of posting things as an ad in terms of someone thinking, well, if I put this as an ad, then my engagement will go down. So I will just mark it as gifted instead. And then my post won't be like hit by that. From a consumer point of view, I would much rather know that you have been paid and you have that association with the brand then not know that association because to me as a consumer if you've taken on that paid marketing that paid advert it means that you trust that brand and that you trust that they are going to do do right by us as a consumer if you were to I don't know if you were to partner up with someone and say it's a brand that has never been associated with you in any way shape or form 
And then all of a sudden your feed is flooded with images from this unknown brand that you've never heard from. That would feel more disingenuous. But if it was, I'm going to pick on you, Daisy. If it was Daisy that was posting stuff from Faber-Castell or from Stationery Week, I know that Daisy has worked with those previously and that she trusts that they will do right by her followers and her consumers. And there's that trust there. And I think that as a consumer, having it marked as an advert builds that trust. It's, it's like you're getting paid to do something that you love, but you also love that brand and you know that we'll love it as well. And I think it's it's that misunderstanding for the, I'll, I'll just put it as gifted and, and maybe it will ruffle too many feathers. I think followers will be more engaged knowing that it's a brand that you trust, that you've partnered with. Yeah, I definitely agree, like being honest with your audience. And a lot of the time I'll see when someone's done an ad, most of your followers are really pleased to see that, oh, you're working with a brand you love. But yeah, I definitely do see a lot of, not putting it as ad and putting it as gifted and it does make me wonder whether people just think because of the algorithm and my ad won't perform as well that that's one reason why they might be doing that yeah if you market as advert it's also like you say with the engagement it's they're getting excited because they've probably been following you for a very long time and they're like oh my god yes she's managed to get together with this brand and that's so exciting for her and they're more likely to engage with it and say congrats when done it's fantastic of course I'll go through and have a look at stuff and that more genuine community is always going to be better than just going I'll just like put it to one side and then hopefully nobody will notice that it's there we've kind of gone from having like when the internet first came about and when brands started collaborating even on YouTube and stuff in I don't know like 2010 2009 I remember being like teenager and watching videos like family vloggers and they'd have these like really integrated ads that you didn't know was an ad because you don't have to market as an ad but it would be like is this an ad have they been paid like is this a collaboration and it kind of created a more not like I wasn't suspicious of them it didn't like you know make me not want to watch them but it was compared to now when everything's a lot more upfront and this is what it is this is just how it is I feel better about it because it's not like that weird like wait this isn't this is kind of unnatural that they're adding this in but then is it like I much prefer it nowadays like we're we're definitely like getting there with it I feel like with oh yeah consumers are much more savvy now They're, they're much they're they are much more willing to say complain about the fact that they're being advertised to and they didn't realize it which like you say in the span of 10 years we've gone from having no disclosure whatsoever as to whether you are being advertised to to a defined set of rules that you know are clearly set out to ensure that you're safe as an influencer that you're not going to get reprimanded and the consumer is safe because they know exactly what it is that they're looking at. They know that it's a brand, uh, an advert for a particular brand in association with this influencer, rather than it being a um, more shady backdoor. We'll just give you some things, and then maybe she might boss about it. And it's, I think it's it's funny how that's still how TV kind of works as well. You have like the ads in between programs, but a lot of programs. You know, if there's a brand even in the background on a table in a scene, 
it's been paid to put there and people don't tend to pick up on that or realize that they're actually this kind of like subtle advertising it's being done more than they think and so the upfrontness you know the saying this is an ad I've been paid to do this it's no different to the in between kind of ads on a tv show yeah Netflix has got really good at this as well because they will actually label at the beginning of either a movie or a TV series if they know that there is paid product placement they usually have like a little banner that says um this contains paid product placement and there's whole blogs about um the different product placements in movies and and TV series we were watching a film the other day and we were like oh, I wonder how much it cost them to get that Lex- Lexus in the background and there are blog posts that define sort of like this brand paid this much to have this happen to this particular product and it's just amazing to sort of see the amount of money that's involved in that level of subtle advertising and it's just it's mind-boggling it really is so for anyone that wants to get better at disclosing their ads or doesn't know how this works what is an ad at its core and how is that marked on social media ads fall into probably one of four categories you've got your paid for space ones which are the ones where you as a person pay Facebook for example to put your ad your post in front of more people's eyes that's the basic simple paid promotion then you've got affiliate marketing which is um, you've been given a link and you get a kickback commission of usually between I don't know, between two and 10% of someone clicking on that link and purchasing a product. It doesn't cost anything to the person purchasing, but you get a kickback from the brand. There's owner ads, which as, say for example, I ran my own sticker company and I put photos on Instagram on my own sticker company's account. That's an own ad. Own ad. Um, that's your own services, your own products. Um, it's something that Daisy would probably do for a lot of her stuff for my green cap um, and then you've got advertorial costs which is much more of the influencer side of things it's where um, an influencer is paid in some way and a brand has some level of control over the end product basically in regards to um, labeling um, the, the ASA are, are pretty clear on this there's no black and white about it needs to be prominent it needs to be one of the first things that you as a consumer sees before interacting with a post now that is something that is one of the nuances that people tend to forget about is that interacting with a post so i'm going to pick on instagram here because that's a lot of where people do this is that um there's a couple of ways that you can do your disclosure on instagram and the best way is to sort of do as many as possible so that you cover yourself there's obviously there's the paid support by the top underneath the name of the actual instagram handle that's one of the most prominent ways that you can do it now the asa hasn't said that that is a a specific thing that you have to do but they would like you to do that the other way is to put hashtag ad at the very start of your caption very start before any other text you put in place so that is basically underneath the photo is your name, hashtag ad, and then your caption. One thing that people tend to do is to bury it in hashtags, put it at the bottom of the post. Now that is against ASA's ruling because a person has to interact with your post in order to see that it's an advert. They have to click on that see more 
before they'll actually see that there's a hashtag ad at the bottom of a sea of hashtags. Rule of thumb is it needs to be upfront, prominent, appropriate for the channel that you're actually on. So I think Instagram, YouTube is a good one as well as an example. So you have it at the beginning of your video or you have it at the beginning of the section of the video that has paid promotion in it. And it has to be suitable for all devices. So whether that's on a PC or on a mobile phone or on an iPad, it needs to be able to be seen. The first thing that people actually are able to see there before actually interacting with a post. In terms of all these different like murky waters of like gifted, sponsored, PR team, design team, because it seems like there's like 101 different names for all these different things. Yeah. At their core, they're all ads and they should all have ad at the front. Am I right in thinking Correct. that? Yeah. So right. in essence, it's quite easy, really, because you should just mark any post that you've been given something for, paid for as just ad. It's interesting you say that because ASA says there has to be payment and control for it to be determined as an ad. If there is payment but no control, then that is a sponsored post. There are subtle differences, like I said. So what they mean by payment is if you get paid money, fantastic, all the best. If you get given something, if you get gifted something, if you are provided with services, if you are given trips, hotel stays, whatever, if you are given something, whether that be monetary or physical, that is payment. Control is subtle but also can be clearly defined. So if the brand has control over the content, so that could be that you are asked to say a specific phrase or use a specific hashtag, or the image has to be done in a specific way, or it's an unboxing video. Um, also, if you have to post a certain amount of time. So if they say, right, I want you to post this four times a week on your Instagram feed for the next two weeks, that's control. They say, I want you to post this um, at 3 p.m. in your local time zone on your Instagram feed. That's control. So PR teams that are given a product, however many stickers or goodies that they get from their brand, and they are, they are told that they need to post, and I go by previous PR teams that I've been on, you get told that you have to post three times a week with a set of specific hashtags, that would be an advert. What they're called is an advertorial. So it's an editorial advert, it's still an advert. If you were given something and told to post a specific amount of times, it is an advert. You have to put hashtag ad at the start of your caption on Instagram. Or if you're on YouTube, you have to do it at the beginning of your video if it's an unboxing video and the whole video is just the unboxing. If you're doing, I don't know, a bullet journal setup for the month and you know that you're going to be using a specific product that you've been gifted at a certain time in that video, then you have to have the disclosure before that specific time in the video saying that within this product, within this part of the video, I'm going to be showing you this specific product that I've been given by the brand to use to show you guys. See, I have a question. This is me learning now. Go, go, go. <laughs> Every day is a school day. Absolutely. <laughs> because so YouTube videos, unboxings, right? I do a lot yeah. of them. Not so much as I used to, but I do still do them. I will always put ads in the title 
And if yeah. it's a longer, you know how the titles sometimes drop off so it hides some of it. If yeah. it does that and I can't shorten the title for whatever reason, I'll put it in the thumbnail. When it comes to actually saying it at the start of the video, I always say, I've been sent this. This is why it's marked as an ad. Da, 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 da. Would I, even if the video is completely the unboxing, would I still have to put ad like in the corner at the start? Or is it because I've said it like verbally and it's in the title? So would I YouTube, not need that visual so, as well? Yeah. So for, for YouTube, um, they would prefer you to have it in the title of the video. So you know where it drops off. If you put it at the end, then that's being not disclosing it needs to be at the start thumbnail one is always a good one because when people are scrolling through youtube they can see it on the thumbnail that it is an advertisement mm. even though it's you and that you're a trusted person they know that that's an advert there are brands that i've seen that have like little clips of themselves um just saying this is an advert just so you know and then they'll get into the rest of it for you particularly daisy it might, it might be worth doing is just like filming just like a standard disclosure bit that you can yeah. add into your videos before you do the unboxing section so that you have something that you know is covering your back in regards to advertisements from the ASA's point of view too much is better than nothing at all or not enough if you can do it in the name of the video on the thumbnail and do a vocal disclosure because you've got to think of accessibility as well from an accessibility mm. point of view a blind person can't see a thumbnail as obvious as that sounds they need to be told that what they're going to be listening to is an advert yeah so that I think I need having, to get an intro <laughs> having that intro would do wonders because it means that you don't then have to keep thinking oh right hang on is this an advert is that an advert do yeah. I need to do it here having that would make make your life easier in the long run when it comes to YouTube or yeah. maybe even even filming like two or three so that you change just different pieces. Having the same script, but a different outfit on, just so it doesn't yeah. look too monotonous, is is probably a good idea when it comes to to YouTube's stuff, basically. Good to know. I'm gonna have to <laughs> get on that, get some sort of intro sorted. But no, it's always that's. I think YouTube's probably the one that's confused me the most in the whole scheme of things because Instagram they have their there's less of a format that changes um yeah. whereas youtube obviously it changes so much and there can be because a lot of the content is longer sometimes it's not always a full ad there'll be chunks in it and it's you know if i'm posting something on instagram that's an ad it tends to be the whole post is yeah one thing so yeah youtube's just a different different ball game but same thing <laughs> It's, it's not easy like I said there's no way to sugarcoat this it's not an easy thing to get your head around but once you've figured out the way it works for your particular situation then you know you're safe and then all you have to do is every few months just make sure that you go back to the ASA's rulings and that you are still on track and safe it's it is work there's no two ways about it but do it or be fined and the fines are not small when it comes to it. So, that's the scary bit. That's, that's the, the bit that's thing. Terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's and that's the thing that a lot of people just have this shrug off behaviour of. Well, I'm only I only have five thousand followers. It's like, yeah, but do you have a spare ten grand lying around that you can afford to just drop on a fine? Because I don't. 
the, I think the frustrating part about that is there's a lot of big, big influences that just don't do it. They just don't disclose. And the, you know, the money part really that probably doesn't like come into their mind as like a, a big deal. It's yeah. gonna, if it's gonna get people, it's gonna get the smaller content creators because they don't have that financial yeah. safety blanket. What do you need? To, what do you need to disclose though? It's these are the UK rules. It's very different over in the US. It's very different over on mainland Europe. I cannot stress enough to go and find out what your country's laws are for you, because that's another excuse that I've heard of people. It's oh well, my my shop is in I don't know in Spain. I don't need to do the rules. Are you living in Spain? No, I live in the UK. Well, then UK laws apply to you not the Spanish laws. She'll have to deal with her laws in a different manner. These laws apply to any UK business when it comes to this. Over in the US, they have pretty much the same sort of laws. There's some nuances that are very different, but they have a bunch of pages on their website that go through influencer advertising for, for US residents. Yeah, I think it also just comes back down to what we were saying earlier about being honest with your audience and things like that. Following these rules is something you want to be doing, not only to just avoid the big scary fine, but to be open and honest with your audience as well, because that's only better for you as a content creator or whatever. You don't want that reputation of, oh, this person's really shady about their ads. They don't disclose anything. Um, You know, they're not following the rules. Um, You know, you want to be an example really to other people um to Absolutely. show people how it's done i mean the thing is as well is that that just builds more trust for you as a brand more than just the people that you're working with but can i trust that person if they're if they're going and doing shady stuff don't risk it at the end of the day just be honest with your followers there is nothing more endearing to a consumer than someone being authentically themselves and we know this we know this from all Instagram influencers we fall in love with their authenticity and if they're lying about an advertisement what else are they lying about is the mindset my mindset but I'm pretty cynical (laughs) I'm with you on that and when you think about think about sort of like back when PR teams started that was that was the enticing thing about becoming a PR person. It's like, oh, I got some free stickers and then I just have to post a couple of pictures and that's it, one and done. Now it's much more nuanced and it's much more um, that's actually involved that a lot of people still don't think about, which is why these conversations have to happen, is that we have to ensure that we're educating the community to make sure that they're covering their back so they don't end up getting fined for something or that they end up, I don't know, Instagram takes their account down line because again, you do not own the platform. Instagram owns the platform. And if they remove your account, there's nothing you can do. Do your research. (laughs) So for people doing their research then, where would you suggest that they start? ASA. First first protocol, go to the ASA, look at their influencer section on their website read through the documentation, question the documentation. If you're not sure of something, email them. They have a fantastic team that helps. I've had to email them a couple of times in regards to PR teams that I've seen and been on and said, am I doing this correctly? I've been asked to do this, this and this, and I've 
gone through the roles, I've read through and I've done this, this and this. And sometimes they've come back and said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Keep going where you're going. Other times they've come back and said, no, actually, that is not what we would classify as a legal disclosure of payment or control or that this is an advertisement. You need to change that. And they are so helpful there. They will help you as much as possible in order to ensure that you are keeping yourself safe from falling into any traps. Other places to go to, ask your influencers. These are the people that are the ones that are having to deal with this day in, day out. If you know someone who is welcome, who is going to be welcome to the conversation, speak to them. People are usually more than happy to talk you through something if you're not sure of something. My DMs are always open. I'm always happy to, to answer questions. I will always help you as much as I possibly can. But you, you need to do your research. You need to be going to the, the authorities' websites to ensure that the stuff that you're doing is legal and is up to their standard, rather than just going, well, eh, maybe it's an ad, maybe it's not an ad, I'll just bury it in the hashtags and hope nobody sees it. There's nothing worse than being shady about that because that just reflects badly on you as a person. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for sharing all your knowledge. I think that was a really useful discussion and people have definitely got some places to go and do their research if they need to. Um, so where can people find you if they want to maybe ask you a question or just follow along with what you're doing? You can find me most places um, at Good Plan Sam. My blog, samalderson.co.uk. Like I said, my DMs are always open. If you need something or if there's something you're not sure of, just drop me a message. I will... I will help as much as I can, or I'll point you in the direction that you need to go to find out the information. Thank you so much for listening to the Craftanoon podcast. If you've got any questions or want to let us know what you thought of the episode, you can find and follow us over on Instagram and YouTube at Migraine Cow and at Meg Journals.